Hey everyone, welcome to the Cyborg Repair Manual. My name is Maddie, and on this show we talk about tech habits and how we can improve them. So, um, basically, I have given up on trying to cut back screen time. I'm done vigilantly scanning my behavior to check if I'm wasting time at all times. I'm no longer judging myself for finding comfort in content creators. It just became too stressful when my life began falling apart. Speaking of said life falling apart, I apologize for my absence. The too long didn't read of the story is that I've been having a lot of health issues and I took a break to get some rest. So lately I've been basically housebound and my comfort YouTube creators are one of the few things that predictably bring me joy. So in the past, I have tried cutting out entertainment or most of it and I was having trouble cutting out entertainment just to save time. I basically gave up on restricting my screen time when my health issues got so bad. I've been in survival mode on and off for a while now, which tends to put intense self-discipline on the back burner. For the last three months, I've had no no-surf-related goals. Instead, I focused on curating my digital environment and creating other habits. Surprisingly, a lot of my tech habits improved even without me trying so hard to fix them. In today's episode, we are going to focus on small tweaks to our digital environment that can make a big difference. With these changes, I've been reading more books, sleeping better, cutting out toxic influencers, and meditating, journaling, and doing yoga on a regular basis. First of all, let's talk about reading. So <laughs> another thing I've stopped doing is forcing myself to read physical books because I have a confession to make. I am the type of person who buys books and never finishes them, but I figured out a system that works with this tendency to overcommit and underdeliver on reading. My current system involves one book that I'm actually reading with my eyes on my laptop and several audiobooks. So I set up a recurring to-do item every day to read some amount of my current book. Often I'm only reading a few pages at a time, but it's still regular progress. However, most of my reading gains aren't coming from this strategy. I used to lay in bed at night, playing YouTube with my eyes closed until I fell asleep. As an insomniac, I'd sometimes do this for more than an hour before drifting off. According to a Harvard Health article, blue light before bed makes it harder to sleep. So this approach was obviously not doing me any favors. I switched to leaving all screens outside of my bedroom when I call it a night and instead playing an audiobook on my Bluetooth speaker. Now, during that frustrating period of pre-sleep insomnia stress, I can listen to something educational and maybe learn a thing or two. Plus, lectures and some nonfiction books are often boring enough to actually make me sleepy. Side note, because I have no idea of the possible effects from sleeping with an audiobook on, I set a sleep timer so it turns off automatically. And uh, the best part of this routine is that it doesn't take much effort, like all of the ideas that I'm going to mention in this episode. But regularly consuming nonfiction content makes it much easier to be interesting during conversation. When people ask you what you're up to, you can talk about the premise of your book, and it automatically makes you seem interesting. This is a much more difficult feat to achieve when I am only consuming less serious content. So yeah, that's a system that is low effort, high reward. And in general, when it comes to effort, you want to minimize it when you're making new habits. The easier the action, the easier it is to form it as a habit. This is actually the premise of the book Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg, a behavior researcher at Stanford. 
The only reason I regularly meditate, do yoga, journal, and work out because I made it easy as hell for myself. Otherwise, I won't do it. If it's my time, scheduled time to exercise, and I don't feel like getting on the stationary bike, I lower the bar. I just go for a walk around the block. Uh, I just think to myself, can I do something easier? What's easier than riding a stationary bike? Well, walking is easier, so I'm just going to do that. Uh, So yeah, for that day, I'm not getting an amazing workout, but it kind of acts as a placeholder for what I really want to do every day. And then the days that I have more energy, I can go full out and be extra. So by doing this, I'm still strengthening the habit of exercising at that time, and it will be more, it will be easier to get a more intense workout on a different day. As Fogg says in his book, it's all about lowering your expectations, especially when you're first starting a habit. So he's specifically talking about super small habits that you want to start with. Uh, For example, flossing one tooth. However, I, in my experience, it's really difficult to have the patience that starting that small entails. So I've combined my tendency to want to just jump into something and get started and get going with this more sustainable way to build habits. And on the days that I have energy, I go all out. And the days I don't have energy, I just do a small version of it. So I've satisfied the quick fix part of my brain by giving my all on the days I feel like it. But the days that I don't, I do the equivalent of flossing one tooth. And that has made every habit that I have started this year actually stick around and be a sustainable lifestyle for me. And I want to stress to you guys that I started at the bottom, like no life, no school, no no regular hangouts with people, no uh, exercise or uh, feeding myself properly. Like I was a total couch potato and I just had to start with, you know, one thing at a time or a couple things at a time and started it incredibly slow. And it's been like years since I've gotten into self-improvement at this point. And for a while, I felt like I was just spinning my wheels because, you know, I would look at the content that other people post and see how far they are in their lives. I would compare myself and I'd be like, oh my God, like my life sucks. There's so much that I need to change. And it was so frustrating being in that headspace of like, oh my God, I need to change my whole life. But you just have to take a deep breath and change what you can and not do too many things at once because just waking up one day and being like, I'm going to meditate for two hours and go for a 10 mile run or whatever running people do. Um, That's just, it's hard to sustain that every day. And now my calendar is pretty booked full of exercise and and taking taking good care of myself and doing these healthy habits, but I did not get that way overnight. It took years. So I really just want to emphasize how important it is to take the steps, but do it at a reasonable pace. And that's why this system works so well for me, because on the days that I have energy, I can take that that one habit that I'm working on, or sometimes two, I try not to go over three. Um, I can take those couple habits that I'm working on. And if I'm feeling great that day, I'll be like, yeah, like 20 minute yoga session and 40 minute on 40 minutes on the exercise bike. But then like, obviously I'm not going to feel like that every single day. So on the other days I just do, you know, like two yoga poses and however long I can last on the exercise bike. So you, you don't have to, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day and I hate using cliches like that, but they're cliches because they're freaking true. (laughs) 
So all of this boils down to a simple paradigm for behavior change. Don't force it. You have to set small, achievable habit goals. And remember, doing something half-assed is better than not doing it at all. But I'm not the only one who thinks this. It is backed up in the literature. In the paper, Effortless Inhibition, Habit Mediates the Relation Between Self-Control and Unhealthy Snack Consumption. This point is made clear. People with positive behavior are not some kind of saints who can always, like, avoid temptation. They just have good habits. Basically, you just don't need willpower when you're doing something automatically. And from my experience, the best way to make these new behaviors automatic is to start small and do that even smaller version of the habit if you're having an off day. This keeps consistency, which is an important element to habit formation noted in the paper, Effects of Circadian Cortisol on the Development of a Health Habit. In this paper, the other factors that they say that make up a that make a habit stick are making sure the task is easy, you can make it harder later as we discussed, making sure there's not any obstacles standing in the way, so, you know, the very basic James Clear stuff about making a habit obvious and making it easy. And you also want to make the task rewarding. Because I access YouTube videos directly from the Google search and I can't infinite scroll on the site or the app, I'm comfortable using watching a video as a reward for finishing a task. Probably couldn't have done that at the beginning of my journey, but now it's something I can do. And I'll touch more on setting up rewards and finding out what's intrinsically rewarding for you in future episodes. In this show, I always like to make a point about how we can work with our brain instead of constantly fighting against it, because I don't want self-improvement to feel like I'm at war with myself. I want it to feel like I'm taking care of myself. And one trick that I found to help counteract that rebellious inner self that I have is to set a regular reminder to do something, but actually give yourself a choice of two somethings. I've managed to stay pretty dang consistent with meditation and journaling after setting a daily to-do list item that says meditate or journal. This way, if my rebellious self doesn't want to meditate, I can pick journal instead and feel like my rebellious self is not being bossed around by my higher planning oriented self. And also, even though my goal is to do one of these things for 20 minutes, I will, I never feel like doing it for that long at the time. So I just break it down and do 10 minute chunks. So all of this is me working with my brain instead of constantly fighting against it. And it just feels much better. And you don't feel like you're at war with yourself if you're working with how your brain works. And that's why these things take a little trial and error, why it's taken me years to find systems that actually work for me because I'm working with my brain. Another thing that my planning self is always trying to get my present self to do is to stop following people that don't add anything to my life. If the person makes me feel bad about myself or I'm just mindlessly scrolling through their drama, I keyword block their name. This has gotten me frustrated in the past because I couldn't find a way to keyword block on mobile until I found Lock Me Out on Android. Not sponsored, I wish. (laughs) But yeah, um, it actually works on mobile, even on YouTube if you watch in the browser. And I'd recommend this blocker in general as it has plenty of customization and the tamper-proofing works amazing. Lock Me Out has been great for me and I now prefer it to Freedom. If you have Android, I would definitely give it a shot. 
I'm honestly feeling like a total heretic when I say that I stopped caring about my screen time. Some people get a lot of use out of the limiting screen time paradigm, but personally, I found it like being on a crash diet. Not fun and probably unsustainable. <laughs> Remember how we talked about approach versus avoidance goals? Yeah, this is very that. If you're constantly thinking about how you don't want to go online, you're still thinking about going online, so you'll still want to. Personally, I don't care how many hours I spend looking at a screen if I'm accomplishing my goals. And I can't be productive all the time. I'm going to take breaks and do fun things in my free time. That's normal. But the nice thing about setting approach goals, which for anyone who didn't catch that episode, they're goals where you do something instead of not doing something, is I don't feel like I'm failing nearly as often. I have to make small micro goals for them not to freak me out. But if I'm procrastinating, I know I can just break whatever task I don't want to do into the teeniest, tiniest steps and just tell myself to get started. Just write the first sentence of the essay. Just organize your closet for five minutes. This either goes two ways. I've set so many goals that over time they build up. Or once I finish the small goal, I have more motivation to finish the rest and then it gets done even quicker. (laughs) Because I get overwhelmed easily, this is another way that I'm working with my brain. It's all about making things easier on yourself instead of setting unrealistic goals that may make you feel like a failure. When we focus on the things that work instead of what's not working, it builds confidence. You'll start to show up for yourself and keep the promises you make to yourself, which is currently making me feel like I have my life together. Big difference from my past self who would implement these crazy schemes to become the best version of myself tomorrow. Self-improvement is a marathon, not a race. And it's a marathon that will be much harder if you're constantly thinking about what rocks you don't want to trip on, rather than focusing on putting one foot in front of the other. To wrap it all up, you don't have to force yourself to make progress on your tech habits. In this episode, I've gone over some ways that I've been using to work smarter instead of harder to change my habits. We covered how to read more by listening to audiobooks while falling asleep, making any habit work without discipline by keeping it small when you're being lazy and being extra when you have the energy, making a to-do item with two options to please your inner rebel, and using keyword blocks to axe unhelpful influencers. Remember, if your self-improvement isn't going perfectly, That just means you're a human being. Don't beat yourself up. Maybe you just need to try some strategies that work with your brain instead of against it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cyborg Repair Manual. If you're enjoying the show, please consider giving it a five-star rating. That really helps me get the show off the ground and make more episodes.